0: Up to 15 million incidents of patient harm occur in the U.S. hospitals each year. What can we do to reduce these iatrogenic errors? You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to this special ReachMD public policy healthcare report. I'm your host, attorney, and Dr. Bruce Bloom, president and chief science officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing current therapies for new uses. And my guest is Joe McCannon, Vice President and Campaign Manager for the Institute for Healthcare Improvement headquartered in Washington, D.C. Joe and I are discussing the IHI's 100,000 Lives campaign, which began in 2006. Joe, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you very much, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here today. So, Joe, tell us about IHI. When did it start? What's its mission? How big is the organization?
1: The Institute for Healthcare Improvement, IHI, was founded in 1991 and was founded with a mission to transform the quality of of healthcare and health worldwide. Now, that's a pretty grandiose mission. A simpler way of describing what we do probably is to say that there is a, a major gap nationally and internationally between the care that's provided and what we would characterize as the the evidence-based standard of care. In other words, we know what to do based on the evidence base. We, We know what right care is most of the time. But the issue is that it's not provided 100% of the time. And so our goal is to close the gap between what's provided and what actually ought to, to be provided. And this is certainly not a question of, of medical professionals not trying very hard in their work. My sister is a doctor, and I've, I've never seen anyone who works harder and is more devoted to their work. It's simply a question of chaotic systems and processes. We all know if we've been close to healthcare that it can be quite chaotic. And what we need to do is, is standardize processes and systems so that patients do receive the right care 100% of the time.
0: So can you describe for us the 100,000 Lives campaign?
1: Sure. The 100,000 Lives campaign was a campaign that ran from December of 2004 to June of 2006. And the 100,000 Lives campaign sought to avoid 100,000 unnecessary deaths in U.S. hospitals over that 18-month period. Now, what we're saying in this campaign is that, again, despite their best efforts in many hospital and, and, and healthcare settings, there are injuries associated with medication errors, associated with infection, associated with unreliable cardiac care or surgical complication, and these injuries can, in their most acute form, lead to death. And our goal was to avoid those most acute injuries and to avoid other forms of harm as well by introducing six evidence-based interventions around reducing infections, central line infections and ventilator pneumonias, around reducing adverse drug events through what we call medication reconciliation, making sure that the medication list is accurate at every transition point in care, around cardiac care, providing reliable evidence-based care for heart attacks around surgical complication, reducing surgical site infection in particular, these are all of the kinds of practices that we know can be introduced reliably. And so we were encouraging hospitals to adopt these practices and felt that if they worked on these interventions and if enough worked on these interventions and worked on other best practices, that together we nationally might have a chance at at avoiding 100,000 unnecessary deaths.
0: So how did you pick these six specific issues to start with?
1: Well, there are a handful of criteria that we think about. One is to start with, is there a sound evidence base? and an evidence base that we're confident in, that we have some experience with as an organization. So as we think of something like reducing central line infections, we know that there's a preponderance of evidence which shows that a certain set of interconnected activities around sterilization and insertion can certainly lead to a significant reduction in central line infections. We had worked on that with a prototype group of of hundreds of hospitals, and we said, based on our confidence in this intervention, we think that we can package it in such a way that we can spread it to thousands. There are over 5,500 hospitals in the U.S., and more than 3,000 of them were involved in the 100,000 Lives campaign. But in order to work at that scale, we do also have to make sure that the intervention is, is straightforward and simple enough that we can teach it to that large audience. If we were talking about something more complex, and goodness knows there are many more complex interventions, we'd probably struggle a bit
0: more. So, Joe, how did you get those 3,100 hospitals to join this campaign?
1: The honest answer is I I don't know. We initially set an aim of enrolling 1,600 hospitals, 1,600 of the the 5,500 hospitals nationwide. Ultimately, we did enroll over 3,100, representing about 75% of all the hospital beds in the country, given the disproportionately large size of the, the typical hospital that enrolled. The initial strategy for us was simply to reach out to as many hospitals as we possibly could, but we leaned on large systems. We in addition to sort of national communications, we reached out to certain states that we knew were very integrated and already had hospital safety improvement programs that they were pursuing. And so certain states came on altogether. There were several large systems like Ascension, for instance, the Ascension healthcare system that we got involved as well. So by involving some of these large systems, we sort of began to build up a critical mass. And in every geographic area, there were typically, you know, suppose it's a geographic area of 40 hospitals. Well, once we got five or six or ten of those hospitals involved, the rest were soon to follow. In part I think that's because there was a very low barrier to entry. There was no cost to be involved. And all we were saying is that we simply wanted hospitals to sign up to share with us their mortality data anonymously so that we could aggregate it and have some sense of national progress at reducing mortality. And then just to simply take advantage of all the resources that are available, the tools and resources that we provide from IHI and, and through our partner organizations, many wonderful national partners and scientific partners joined us here but also taking advantage of one another. You know, our goal is to build a network, a learning network, and to connect hospitals to to peer facilities and other facilities who have some of the practical solutions that they seek.
0: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to this special Reach M D public policy healthcare report on REACH MD, XM one fifty seven, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Doctor Bruce Bloom. And I'm speaking with our guest, Joe McCannon, Vice President and Campaign Manager for the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, about the IHI's 100,000 Lives Campaign, which began in 2004 and ended in 2006. So, Joe, how would a physician in our listening audience find out if his or her hospital was involved in the 100,000 Lives Campaign? Is there a list someplace?
1: There is, yep. And it's it's very straightforward. Finding it requires going to www.ihi.org forward slash campaign. And there you'll come to the campaign area of our website. And what you'll find there is a whole host of information, uh, information on the campaign's best practices, information on free calls and, and other free resources about getting more involved, you also find lists of participating hospitals, and every hospital is grouped by a state, so you can find your state and you can see there alphabetically where your hospital would be listed. If your hospital isn't taking part, it's very easy to sign up. There's also a sign-up form in that area of the website as well.
0: And who typically would be the person that would sign up? So if physician or a group of physicians were interested in getting their hospital involved in this, who would they typically go to?
1: It will vary depending on the organization, but the typical point of contact is a vice president of quality or patient safety. Sometimes the risk management group in the organization is, is closely involved as well. That group of people in the best cases works as an interdependent unit. Ideally, too, the C-suite, the chief executive or the CMO or the even the CFO will get involved as well by at least assenting to involvement in the program and ensuring that they're going to support the investment in this work. We know that if we think about the formula for success and the facilities that are are most successful at continuously making change and making an improvement, that engaged leadership from the board and the the C-level right on down through middle management to the front lines is a crucial element of that success. If leadership isn't training its attention on improvement and on safety, it's hard to make it a a priority throughout the organization. And ultimately, that's what we're after. We don't want isolated successes on these interventions. We want to create a culture where, where everyone in the organization is is thinking all the time about safety and quality and you know I, s- I certainly think that for many practitioners this is central to what they do but if you have a culture in the organization that rewards that and ce- and celebrates that it's it certainly makes it easier to make an investment in that work
0: so th- you said there were six initiatives for the 100,000 lives campaign what worked and what didn't and Which ones do we still need to be working on?
1: The short answer is we still need to be working on all of them. The interventions all have examples of great success. There are facilities that have successfully introduced each and every one of the interventions, and, in fact, we've identified what we call mentor hospitals for each of the interventions, facilities that have had enough success and feel confident enough about their performance that they're willing to act as coaches and guides to other facilities. But as we look at the list of interventions from the 100,000 Lives campaign, I think the infection-related interventions, reducing central line-associated bloodstream infections, reducing ventilator-associated pneumonias, reducing surgical site infections. I think that's where we've seen a a real significant amount of traction and progress. You know, tens of hospitals around the country are reporting that they've gone over a year in their unit without a central line infection or a ventilator-associated pneumonia. So that's something that we, we really celebrate and feel good about. In addition, though, there were three other interventions I, I mentioned working on preventing adverse drug events through medication reconciliation, improving care for heart attacks. And then there was an additional intervention, which was deploying rapid response teams, essentially teams that are are in place to conduct early detection to respond to early signs of patient deterioration before a catastrophic cardiac or respiratory event. When we think about those three interventions, the rapid response teams had terrific traction. There's a newer intervention, but one where the evidence base is growing and where sites are finding that there's a, a huge impact on codes outside the ICU and in some cases mortality associated with early detection. The heart attack care, is something that's hard to get right 100% of the time, but there are, again, great examples of of hospitals making strides there. I would say medication reconciliation, making sure that the medication list is reconciled at every transition point in care, admission, transfers, discharge, has probably proven to be the most complex intervention. And, And in some respects, you'd say, well, how could that be? We're just talking about making sure that people have the right medication list. But since we're crossing microsystems, since we're moving between different areas in the hospital setting, and again, what is already a very, chaotic setting, that's actually proven very difficult. So that, I would suppose, is the the area where we have the biggest investment to make and the hardest work to keep doing.
0: What other efforts are going on outside of the IHI to reduce these kinds of hospital-based patient harm incidents?
1: There are a number of efforts and terrific efforts all around the country. IHI is joined in this campaign by the Joint Commission on Accreditation of Healthcare Organizations, by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, by the CDC, by the American Medical Association, the American Hospital Association, the American Nurses Association, the National Patient Safety Foundation. There's a whole list of organizations, all of whom are pulling in, in the right direction here. Also Specialty societies, the American Heart Association, Association of the American College of Cardiology focusing on these cardiac interventions, for example. I think a great awareness nationally about variability in the quality of health care and about insufficient patient safety. But what we're trying to do now is make sure that all of these efforts are consolidated or coordinated in some way. What hospitals don't need is to feel overwhelmed by different quality and safety initiatives. They need to feel as though there's a, a very clear, straightforward set of actions that they can take that will actually significantly impact harm and, and impact mortality. I, I should have said, you know, when we, when we talk about the reasons we selected the interventions that we're selecting, part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to help hospitals prioritize their activity, and we're trying to select interventions that we think have the biggest impact on overall mortality and overall harm. That's where it really starts. We don't want people to be doing activities that are meaningless when it comes to, to reducing harm and reducing mortality, so that's where our focus needs to lie.
0: I want to thank our guest, Joe McCannon, Vice President and Campaign Manager for the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, headquartered in Washington, D.C., for sharing with us the IHI's 100,000 Lives Campaign, which began in 2004 and ended in 2006. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom. You've been listening to this special ReachMD Public Policy Healthcare Report on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at reachmd.com where you can find our new on-demand and podcast features that will allow you access to our entire program library. And thank you for listening.